0: Hey, what is going on, everyone? It's me, Mr. Mario, and welcome back to another episode of Mario's Minutes. For those who do not know, this is the second podcast I do here. My main podcast is one called Mod Chat, where it's not necessarily a news show, but it's, I guess, just... New developments, things that I find interesting in the world of the modding scene, whether it be video games, most specifically like console hardware, and just developments of that sort. Where I cover them, give my opinion on them, and sometimes do show and tell on there. However, this is not that. This here is Mario's Minute, where this is my secondary podcast, and I come on here and really talk about whatever the hell I want to. Sometimes I have a guest on here, sometimes I don't, and it's where I just get you know a little more personal and don't have much of a screen and kind of just come in here and talk to the mic for one hour or so, something like that. Now, this episode is going to be a solo episode. Last month was the guest episode. I try and alternate month to month. And last episode, we had Fami on, where we had her on for about three hours. It was a really good episode. And if uh, it, it, I we were both tired, admittedly, as well, too, because uh, I had to be up late. She had to be up late as well, uh, just because that's how the... The best time for recording ended up working. However, overall, it was really fun. Uh, If you're interested in AI at all, I would recommend giving that episode a listen. Uh, And I did get to do a little bit of a, a, just a tiny small role in her latest video about uh, the Tiger Woods game on PS1 that ended up getting recalled thanks to South Park. Uh, End up seeing that here recently. I think at one point she offered to show me like an early cut of it. And I was like, no, I just want to see the final cut and when it comes out. And then that was like months and months later when it ended up releasing. But either way, uh, super fun overall there. Uh, now on here with Mario's Minute, like I said, it is a podcast. So it is available in two different form factors. First of all, if you want to come over to the Mr. Mario 2011 YouTube channel, you can check out a video visual version of it where there's not too much going on over on screen uh, there's just really a cool looking visualizer at least i think it's cool looking and my channel art and background on there so if you're wanting to come over there and mainly the big thing would be joining in on the conversation on these episodes that is the big thing there however If you're like me and you like to consume podcasts like actual podcasts, meaning they are audio only and you can take it around anywhere and listen to it wherever the hell you want to, uh, it's also available on most major podcasting platforms. Look up Mario's Minute on your favorite podcasting app, host, or provider, and you should hopefully be able to find it there. I know we're not available on all of them, but we're available on a good amount of them, at least. Either way, here, let's go ahead and get into this. Now, I am going to say, uh, I feel like some of these topics are going to be a little old at this point you can say but i feel like are still relevant here uh funny enough these are actually topics uh some of them that i did want to bring up in the last episode with fami Uh, i kind of just like threw it on a list of like hey maybe if we talk about this cool and then we just end up going all over the place so it's all good i figured you know i can talk about some of these solo here and i did want to say I feel like uh, with this first one here, it might have some people roll their eyes because uh, there's been a lot, a lot of coverage with this with uh, a few YouTubers, uh, namely Jigabar and ReviewTechUSA. If you know where I'm going, hey, I'm going uh, DK Oldies. Uh, But I'm not trying to talk specifically about their scamming stuff. I want to talk a little more personally on this. So for anybody who is completely out of the loop and does not know, DK Oldies is a mostly internet-based game reselling service, or I guess business, where they buy, sell, and trade video games, consoles, peripherals, all of that fun stuff. Uh, Like I said, it looks like it's mostly online, so you can go to their website, you can purchase from there, Uh, you could even sell games to them as well, and I do know they have a physical location, of course, and I guess there's been people who they have picked up their orders there, but they don't have a public-facing storefront like it's not like a shop like GameStop for example or you can walk in there I don't believe they have like a necessarily public-facing storefront like that however uh, they've been around for a while probably close to 20 years I want to say and from what I gather they've always been more overpriced in the competition uh there's been several big video game websites that you can buy sell and trade on and it seems like consistently dk Oldie seems to be the more overpriced one now they've kind of just existed as one of those online resellers for a while However, they really blew up thanks to their social media presence, and I will say that they've been able to kill it with that. Um, it looks like they end up hiring some social media managers, or at least one social media manager who really just literally made it their full-time job to do this here, and they primarily blew up on TikTok. So a lot of their like a lot of their audience, like of newcomers and everything, has been um, I'm sure it's been older people, but a lot of it has been younger folks who just see these videos on TikTok of, you know, just covering things for the like for game consoles, for video games, fixing up games and the big thing has really been uh showing orders. So, a lot of times from what I see that's kind of an incentive. It's like, "Oh, my order got shown on video." So, if you put in an order on the website, you can comment on one of their videos and, or even like comment, I guess, on the order and say, hey, you're allowed to record this or if you comment on a video, say, hey, this order number is mine. And sometimes the social media person, Joey, he will see that order number and he'll record a video of him packing it up. And there's times where he'll include an extra thing in there too. He's just like, hey, because you like this Zelda game, I'm gonna throw in another Zelda game or uh, because you like these Mario games, I'm gonna throw in this little tiny Mario Kart, like a little, like literal, like, toy mario kart you know so from what i gather that's been a lot of their uh, target audience and why they've gained so much popularity and their videos have really just dominated on tiktok they've dominated on youtube with the shorts program since shorts were just being heavily pushed and they really started to gain a lot of notoriety uh around the time when like pandemic started so or early to mid 2020 you can say uh the thing is though There's been criticism of them for a few years now, Um, not only just, you know, with their games being overpriced, and that's really been the big thing. A lot of it has been people were getting excited when they were ordering games off of DK Oldies, and then you'd have people such as me, um, who, you know, like, we'll go to video game stores, we'll go to flea markets, garage sales, we've seen the trends go up and down, and we're looking at these prices like... That's expensive. Why, why did you pay so much for that? That is that's a lot of money for this game here. Like, why did you pay so much for this? Um, but I think it's really just people who are getting excited. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know, I've worked at a game shop before. I've seen it as well, too. We quite literally had it where uh, when a new big game store that was kind of hyped up opening locally, we checked it out. And we we're just like, why are people buying games here? They're so expensive. But a lot of it was just hype. Um, quite literally, we had seen games where we said we there were games we sold for three or four dollars and they were selling for fifteen dollars. <laughs> so it's just it's just a lot of hype there with something new and shiny. And of course, now, I guess it's less so that going into stores and it's more so seeing that online presence. And of course, even again, they're they're killing it with this idea here, how they are showing their Orders or potentially showing your order on a video. Uh, That's exciting. So the big thing that they've been getting really criticized for within the past few months has been their consoles that they're selling. And in short, they're really just not properly refurbishing their consoles. Uh, What they seem to do uh, is at most they are cleaning the outside of the console, making sure it works minimally. Uh, But even if they do open up a console, they open it up. And they blow the dust out. But we've seen time and time and time and time and time again, uh, they are not doing that properly. Uh, They are not taking off the heat sinks. They are not applying new thermal pads to something like the GameCube. They are not reapplying new thermal paste to something like the Xbox or the Xbox 360. Um, And and even what's been mind-blowing is it's been months and months of this now, months of this criticism and they seem to be getting maybe, maybe, maybe a tiny bit better, um, but they're still just really doubling down with this not wanting to fully refurbish a system, um, And I will say on that, it's like, I mean, I'm talking about like fully cleaning it up and everything, cleaning up the plastics not because a lot of these systems are just really filthy as well too. Uh, I know some people have said, you know, it takes so long to do one of these systems, but I've seen how big their their shop is and their operation and their videos. Um, They can afford to just do an assembly line setup where, They have one person who is ripping apart the systems. They have one person who's cleaning the plastics. They have another person who is cleaning up the motherboards. They have another person who is, you know, doing repasting. They have someone who is reassembling all the systems. Um, They could just do it, you know, do something like that, and that will work. Uh, Either way, I think we're kind of caught up now for DK Oldies, for anybody who is not uh, aware of that situation there. However, I wanted to bring this up because... It's been a big thing on YouTube. That's been a little bit of the, I guess, retro meta for the past month or so. It was really uh, last month it was big. I'd probably say it's really been this year, I would say. I saw it in January, but really a lot in February as well, too. Uh, and also March, still seeing it there with some people such as like Review Tech USA and Jacob R., who I will say are, and respectfully, I say this, um, they're milking it. Uh, but I would also say, rightfully so, I think it's good to call out crappy business practices like this. Um, to the point where people are calling this a scam here where these consoles are not being refurbished or at best they're not being refurbished properly and every single system is being uh, sold as a refurbished unit so uh what i decided to do was i ended up making a video uh last month and i will say man it it was fun to make um, because i had seen this and i was like you know i could jump on this but Ooh, you know, I don't, I don't want to spend all this money on one of these systems because their consoles are really overpriced. I'm talking, they're, they're selling like fat PS2s for over 200 US dollars, over 200 US dollars. Are you kidding me? Um, so I'm just like, man, I'm not trying to spend all this money on one of these systems here. Uh, but all of these videos as well too, it's opening up these systems, seeing how gross they are, um, pointing at their faults. And then, you know, kind of just doing some trash talk of DK Oldies and closing it up. And I said, you know, I think I'm going to do something a little bit different here. Um, so I said, you know, this this will be even better because I don't even have to spend anything with this. So what I did was I kind of covered the, uh, the background of DK Oldies, what the current meta was in that video. And uh, I said, you know, instead of going out and buying one of these systems and paying all this money, I'm just going to grab a system that I have that I picked up a few years ago, uh, untested, most likely, has never been opened up. And instead, I'm just going to make a video showing how a refurbishing process should go, uh, while uh, while respectfully uh, trash talking the company as well, too. Um, so... It, overall like what I did there I took something I'm very familiar with which was the Xbox 360 I had one that uh, was working uh, picked it up from a thrift shop and what I did was I just made sure it worked and then I ripped it all apart showed me you know ripping it apart how you can do it safely uh, cleaned it all up from top to bottom redid the thermal paste put it all back together and also really clarified and said uh, what the difference is between a a used system a refurbished system and saying that selling a console as a used system there's nothing wrong with that um yeah it's probably going to be dirty on the inside and it's not going to you know the the, and it'll run hotter than it's supposed to Uh, but as long as you're selling it as a used system and making it look presentable in some way like if you're saying it's in good condition or what have you make sure it's in good condition I don't see anything wrong with that Uh, that's what plenty of game shops do that's what plenty of sellers do Uh, what I do see something wrong with is when you are selling a refurbished system and it's clearly not refurbished like clearly not refurbished or it's been refurbished poorly like you just you open up the top of the system blew out the dust and closed it up Uh, you didn't even try to open up the dvd drive you didn't try to clean up anything there you didn't try to rip it down to take off the heat sinks to replace the thermal paste on like a 20 year old system Uh, none of that other extra stuff was done uh, either way though, I, I did want to kind of say uh, a, a little bit of a, a heartfelt thank you on here. Uh, for anybody who watched that video, I, I do hope that you all enjoyed it. I very much enjoyed making it. It was a super fun video to make. Uh, it was kind of just an idea I had at one point, And even before I did it, I ran it by... Uh, a couple people first of all i ran it by my girlfriend i was like hey so this is what's going on with this company called dk oldies and what is and this is what i want to do and she liked the idea she said yeah i i think that's cool i think it'd be a you know a funny video to make and you kind of get to do some some trash talking there in some way uh and then i ran it by another friend of mine where uh we were talking about youtube stuff and I ran the idea by him, and he was just all in for it. He's like, yes, absolutely, that is an amazing idea, and you should do that. Uh, so even the reception of what came out of it as well, too, uh, I'm sure there were, like, there were a few people. Like, there, 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 there was, and this happens, you know, it's the internet, and especially it's YouTube. Uh, there were some people who had mean comments, but uh, even with that, it's like, oh, okay, well, I mean, this just kind of comes expected with the territory. Uh, but overwhelmingly, it seemed like, the, uh, the the comments were either overwhelmingly positive or overwhelmingly DK scammys. <laughs> um, either one of those two. Uh, some of the standouts I do remember were uh, there were several people saying, "Hey, you should do uh, another one of these videos calling out DK oldies, but this time with the original Xbox." And I said, "No, I'm um, I- I'm just doing I'm just doing a one time thing. This is just this was just for fun." Uh, it was something I enjoyed doing. It's something I wanted to have a little bit of fun with, and that's it. It's a one-time deal. I'm not going back to the well on this here. Uh, I just wanted to, you know, jump on here and do this for a bit of fun, and also having a good excuse to clean up this system here. Uh, there were also people who were saying uh, you should work at DK Oldies. You should work for DK Oldies. Um, you you should. Run a uh, console reselling shop and to that I said no I, I the shop stuff I don't really want to do but I even said uh, I worked at a game store which I did work I mi- did mention in that video I said you know during the seventh generation I worked at a game shop for about two and a half years and I just said you know I, i'm I'm not interested in doing that again um, it was a real cool job for being in high school of course uh, it's it's a funny job to talk about I tell stories about it on here um, however I, I'm not I'm not trying to go back to that. <laughs> Uh, but overall that that's all to say here again thank you very much for uh checking out that video and uh, just the, the really positive and warm reception that it got um again i'm not going to be making another one like that so you don't have to worry i'm not gonna turn into uh mr mario dk oldies exposure uh but it was just a fun thing to do <laughs> now uh speaking of the xbox 360 i was interested in talking about this here Now, this ended up happening. I'm going to be uh, pulling an article from The Verge, and this article is called, The Xbox 360 Store Won't Be Closing Down Despite What an Xbox Support Page Says. Uh, Now, I had talked about this a little bit on my Twitter, and this happened at the top of last month, so uh, it looks like this was at the very beginning of February, and this ended up going out this got some attention here because in short there were several games that started being delisted and i'm even going to read it off here this article says earlier this week microsoft said that it would be pulling many beloved games like jet set radio and the orange box from the 360 store on february 7th that was disappointing enough but then Thanks to a tweet from Wario64, we saw the text on a support page said, the company planned to shutter the Xbox 360 marketplace over the next year, and that it encouraged players to purchase any 360 games or DLC by May 2023. As of this writing, you can see the message is still here by scrolling down a bit, but that's at the time of this writing. And indeed, that's that's how it was there. It did say that. Um, now, There's a bit to this here. Actually, I'm going to I'm going to read on a little bit more. Um, So continuing on, this article states uh, this message was a mistake, according to Xbox Global Product Marketing Manager, Bree Adams. Quote, this message was posted in air and we can confirm the Xbox 360 marketplace will not close in May 2023. Unquote. Uh, Adams said in a statement. Quote, as a reminder, beginning on February 7th, 2023, a limited set of games, add-ons, and in-game content will no longer be purchasable in select markets via the Xbox 360 store. Unquote. So I, I did want to talk about this a bit here. Um, because, And it's even bringing up another point here. I wasn't even thinking of going into this overall. Um, but this is with the digital storefronts closing down it's getting to the point that we are getting dangerously close to that and i think these storefronts have been up even longer than any of us ever expected um it was just what it was last year or the year before it was within the last two years i want to say when was this i'm gonna look this up real quick uh ps vita storefront shut down what year was this everything is just blending it was 2021 okay So in 2021, Sony was trying to shut down uh, the PS3, PS Vita, and PSP storefronts, Um, meaning that if you had a PlayStation Network account, if you had a console, after these storefronts were closed, you could no longer buy any more new content on there. You could, however... um, As long as you had access to that account and to the console and you can get online, you could always theoretically re-download that content as long as you have the proper licenses for it. Uh, So what happened was Sony just kind of came in guns blazing that time, so two years ago now. And they said, yep, we're going to close down the PSP, PS3, and Vita storefronts. And mass outrage, mass outrage um, came out. And what ended up happening was essentially Sony came out and said, hey, uh, OK, we are going to close down the PSP storefront, which everyone seemed to be OK with. Because have you tried to take a PSP online in 2023? It's been difficult for years at this point, not just this year, but it's been difficult for many, many years now to physically get a PSP online on your network um so a lot of people said okay that's fine like even like people like me who love the psp i'm just like yeah that's understandable i haven't even like gotten my psp onto a wi-fi network at all in years so that's understandable uh but the vita and the playstation 3 sony essentially said uh we're not going to shut them down yet and that is the key word on here um i i've said this several times but from the seventh generation we saw the wii storefront shut down 10 years ago or so that that sounds about right i think i want to say it was about 10 years ago the wii storefront shut down um and now we're talking about the xbox 360 where we have seen on the 360 we have seen a lot of games and a lot of content be delisted over the years the, the most infamous one we can always talk about is Scott Pilgrim versus the world, which was taken down on both the PS3 and uh, Xbox 360 storefronts. And really, these games are just being taken down, the contents being taken down because of licensing. Um... And and really just with these publishers not wanting to continue to keep them up for whatever reason. We even see it sometimes with like little issues here and there. Uh, I Deltarune Chapter 1, which is pretty new, like a pretty darn new game. I, I want to say that came out 2018, 2019, excuse my typing, uh, but I'm going to look that up. Deltarune Chapter 1 came out, yeah, it came out 2018. So it ended up getting ported over to the Switch, which is where I was playing it, and at one point, it ended up getting delisted, and you can find articles on it, and it wasn't like it was delisted for months, but something happened. I don't know what happened. It had to be with licensing or something, but the game was just delisted on the Switch storefront, and it took a few days for it to be relisted on there, and now it's fine at this point. Um... But what I'm saying is, like, these things happen, like, that game went down, if Deltarune went down, it didn't have to come back up, it could have just been taken down and could have stayed down. So even with brand new games, brand new offline games, this stuff happens, Um, whether it's a glitch or whether it is an issue with licensing or what have you on there. So... I'm not too surprised that we're seeing games on the 360 storefront being delisted like we've seen, um, you know, Xbox 360 games are backwards compatible on the newest Xbox hardware, like the Series S and the Series X. Not all of them, mind you. It's only the games that they're able to obtain licensing for, and that's been another thing that we're kind of harping on. Um, A few years ago, they ended up shuttering, for lack of a better word, the backwards compatibility program. That still means whatever is on there, you can play, but the the Xbox execs have essentially said we're not adding any more games because we we can't really add any more games. They have said just in terms of technical limitations and mostly licensing limitations, they have pretty much maxed out what they are realistically able to bring to the Xbox One and the Xbox Series consoles. Uh, because for anyone who doesn't know, when The way those games are handled, you're not playing it off the disc. So when a game ends up being published through backwards compatibility on there, you're essentially selling a brand new copy of the game. You're essentially redistributing a new build of the game. And that means that new licensing has to be honored. New contracts have to be made. Um, If it was just the type of backwards compatibility where you you take the disc, you pop it into the console, and you read the data off the disc and backwards compatibility starts working in the background to get that working, we wouldn't have to worry about the licensing issue. But because this ga- these games and this content are being essentially repressed and redistributed and rebuilt here, um, all of that does happen there. So that's why when I'm seeing you know a lot of games and a lot of content, really from like the Xbox Live Arcade storefront um, being taken down, that doesn't surprise me all too much unfortunately and it's both games that are backwards compatible on the latest hardware and games that aren't backwards compatible that are locked on the xbox 360 which as terrifying it as it is to think uh the xbox 360 this year is going to be an 18 year old system it is going to be a legal adult in most territories (laughs) um so if you're one of those people like me who, and I'm going to say this respectfully and, and with love, if you're one of those people like me who you still have a 360 hooked up in your house, you're a weirdo. <laughs> and, I, and I'm saying, like, I normal is boring. I don't like being normal, so I classify myself as a weirdo. I got my, you know, I got my Xbox, my 360, my PS3 sitting here to the left of me um, as I'm doing all this. And then I got the newer systems. Like I got the Switch on my desk here. So there's all of that. Um, that is to say, though, I'm sure keeping up these games and keeping up with the licenses and keeping up the infrastructure is really getting to a point where it's not going to be as well worth it for a lot of these companies. So I can understand from that front as well, too. Uh, Now, I will say, getting back to the main topic here from this article that was talking about uh, the marketplace being shuttered, the reason why I talked about everything I just talked about for the past 10 minutes is because I kind of want to lead up to this, and I want to say that I feel like this is a little bit of... I don't I don't believe this was a mistake, in my opinion. I think this was a decision that was made, and I think that Microsoft started seeing the reaction that it had, and they walked it back immediately. And the reason why I say that is because... I want to say in 2020, we're, we're going to go back again. And I talked about it here on the podcast, and I was very vocal about it. And I said that when Microsoft was trying to do this, it was incredibly tone deaf. Um, Xbox Live is $60 a year to get online, to play online, to utilize more of the online features. For the base experience, it's $60 a year. Most people opt for uh, Game Pass Ultimate, which is Game Pass with Xbox Live Gold, and that's like $180 a year, right? Let's get that all sorted there. So, if you want Game Pass and your your Xbox Live Gold rolled up, you pay $180. Bucks. If you just want to play online, that's all you want to do, 60 bucks. And surprisingly a lot of people they, they just want to do that these are people who they only buy like maybe two games or maybe five games a year they don't want to have they don't care about having access to a full library of games they just buy you know call of duty and you know madden or fifa every single year and those are the games they play and they want to play them online paying 60 bucks is fine um, now going back to that originally xbox live used to be 50 dollars a year during the 360 generation they increased it to 60 dollars, and everyone collectively said this sucks, but we're going to continue to pay it because it's not that much more. You know, people had already been invested in the ecosystem. They loved Xbox Live; it was a very good service. So paying another ten dollars a year wasn't that. It wasn't that bad. You know, uh, even you know, to, to broke high schoolers, <laughs> it, it was fine. It's like we just gritted our teeth and we continued to pay ten dollars more per year, and it was fine. Um, What Microsoft tried to do back in 2020, I believe, is they wanted to increase the price of Xbox Live to $120 a year. And I see what they were doing. They were wanting to make it so that it was kind of an unattractive price and kind of look at it and you would see as a consumer, well, for $120 a year, I can play online or for $180 a year, I can play online and get access to hundreds of games at the tip like at the tips of my fingers so it was going to make xbox live goal like uh, xbox game pass ultimate look like a better deal um which which i can understand there everybody was against this (laughs) all consumers were against this price hike on there i knew of many people anecdotal mind you but i knew of many people who they were like that where they said I, I have an Xbox, I play it online sometimes, I only play like two games online, and I had many people like that who said, yeah, I'm going to cancel my membership outright, I don't care about Game Pass, and I'm not paying $120 a year to play two games online, screw that. Um, and at the time Microsoft tried to say, you know, we reassess the market at times and we just see how things are going and the, it it is time for the price of Xbox live to be increased on here. And the problem was it wasn't just like a, a small price hike. It wasn't going from 50 to 60. It wasn't going from sixty to seventy. It was double. It was going from sixty to one hundred twenty dollars a year. Um, And in my opinion, paying one hundred twenty dollars a year uh, exclusively to play online on Xbox, to me, that's not worth it. That's just me. To me, that is not worth it. And Microsoft had with that with that whole um, fiasco, they had planned it. Because they had uh, even cards, like you know those membership cards that you could buy, they had those printed out as well too. And some people, funny enough, because we're revisiting this now, you know, almost three years later, uh, some people had tried to say, "Oh, this was just this was just a tactic to make them look good." And uh, shout out to MVG, friend of the show here. Uh, at the time, he he put it best. He said, "This was not this was not a PR stunt," because they announced this they looked really bad and they issued a press release taking all of it back just backpedaling on a friday night the like the fact that they were issuing a press release about this on a friday evening when, like, they all should have been home and relaxing, like, no, 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 no. That, that, this is not a PR. Like, this, this was not a PR stunt here. This was legitimately something that they wanted to do. They saw the reaction, and they quickly backpedaled. And I think the backpedal from that, we end up getting a little bit of a better deal. They said um, Xbox Live Gold is not going to change in price. Uh, Xbox uh, Game Pass Ultimate is not going to change in price. And the nice benefit, they said, was... Um, to I, to play free-to-play games online was going to be totally free. So if you didn't pay for membership and you wanted to play Fortnite online, for example, that was now going to be free. You no longer had to pay the $60 a, a month to play Fortnite or any of those other free-to-play games such as Rocket League. Um, I, I thought that was a very pro-consumer move. I think that's great. I'm going to support that there. So I think w- with that in recent history and we saw that they really tried to push ahead on this and they got a lot of pushback and uh now this is happening here where they had some text up there because that is i'm gonna read it back to you that is very specific text like come on that is very specific text um where was it here uh thanks uh, over the next year Um, yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah, we saw a text on a support page. that said the company planned to shutter the Xbox 360 marketplace over the next year and that it encouraged players to purchase any 360 games or DLC by May 2023. That's very specific right there. Come on. (laughs) And I see what they were doing. They wanted to give people a three month heads up. Um, and my personal belief, again, my personal belief is that they saw how this was going to go. Based on the experience and the reaction they had from trying to raise the price of regular Xbox Live Gold two or three years ago, and they quickly backpedaled on it. That's all to say, I know the marketplaces are going to shut down at one point. Uh, We're actually seeing it here. By the time this episode will go live, unfortunately... When you're listening to this, the 3DS and Wii U eShops are going to close down um, with the same type of practice as well, too. Uh, You can no longer add funds on there. You can no longer buy anything. But as long as you have an account and a system with the licenses and you can get it online, theoretically, you can always re-download that content. And I say theoretically because these companies do say that you can re-download that content, but... I've experienced it on the 360. I have gone through my download history and I've seen content on there that is licensed to my account that I could not re download. So that's why I say theoretically, like they will say in their terms of service, they will tell people, they'll post it on social media and say, Yep, as long as you have access, you can always download that content again. But there's going to be content that you won't be able to download. Whether it is completely taken down, whether it is a glitch of some kind, that remains to be said. Yeah. um, I don't think this one is as tone deaf. I will say uh, back when they tried to raise the price of Xbox Live Gold, it was incredibly tone deaf. And I did say that at that point. And by that, I mean, I was saying that this was it was in the midst of the global pandemic. It was in the midst when we were doing uh, everything we could to be safe. To stay online that was when you know everybody was using zoom everybody was using discord everybody was working from home Um, people were playing online a lot more because they they weren't going to in-person meetups or anything and at the end also you know there was financial hardships for people and I said how is it that in the midst of this you're going to see what is going on around you, and you're going to say, when you have companies such as like Zoom, for example, where they're saying, hey, uh, you can use our service for free uh, for this, this, this time period here. Uh, then you're going to have Microsoft where there's going to be people who are relying on that service, you know, for enjoyment in the midst of all this, and you're increasing the price of it. Uh, that's not good. So that's why I was – I still believe that. I think that was – one of the most tone-deaf uh, decisions that Microsoft had tried to make for the Xbox. But uh, thankfully, that was walked back on there. So uh, that's all to say here. Thankfully, if you're listening to this, um, it looks like the Xbox 360 Marketplace will not be closing in May of 2023, but there has already been a lot of content that has been delisted. So uh, for some of that content that you really might want, um, definitely work on getting that. <laughs> um I did want to talk a little bit here, just a bit, if y'all don't mind, about um, Nintendo Switch Online. So I am uh, bringing up my Switch here. And there was a little bit of an update where uh, I want to say this was, this had to be February. Yeah, this had to be February where, um, so it's a little bit late here, but mind you, this is where I'm talking about it. Uh, where it ended up getting some games, uh, I guess, or some services that got added in. So for nintendo switch online if you pay for it you get access to nintendo and super nintendo games Uh, and if you pay for the expansion pass you also got uh n64 games as well uh now the n64 rollout was very rough to say the least the the synopsis has pretty much been nintendo and super nintendo emulation pretty good n64 emulation should have been much better (laughs) Uh, now, now, granted, mind you, there's been people like MVG, shout out to him again, uh, who have uh, really, really been holding feet to the fire there and have been covering uh, when it released, uh, when it's been updated, what's good, what's bad. Uh, there's been people, rightfully so, who have been uh, signal boosting and blasting this. So we have seen a lot of improvements to, to the point now where the n sixty formulation on Nintendo Switch is like, it's all right. Like, it, it, it's all right to good. It's not like as bad as it was before. However, we end up getting a couple new systems added in. Uh, For regular NSO users, we end up getting uh, Game Boy, Game Boy Color. And for Expansion Pass users, we got Game Boy Advance. Now, I myself have the Expansion Pass, so I've had access to all of that there, thankfully. Uh, And I will say, for me, my reaction to this was, it is about time. Now, would I like to have something like the virtual console where you can just buy all of these games individually? Absolutely. Clearly, though, that's not what's happening. Clearly, that's not what Nintendo wants to do. Uh, They very much want to do the games-as-a-service model. I don't really agree with it, but whatever. I'll just play into it here on, you know, if I'm paying for this membership, I'm going to, you know, redeem my games and everything and play them on here. Uh, Now, I also do say it's about time because at one point, this was last year, I want to say, there was actually a couple emulators that were leaked that end up getting some coverage. Um, And it was really funny because uh, it was it was Game Boy, Game Boy Color, and Game Boy Advance emulators um, that end up leaking out at one point for the Switch. So people had taken them, they installed them on their modified Switches, they were able to mess around with them, they were able to inject their own games as well too. And for the most part, it actually seemed to work pretty well. Uh, now the funniest thing about this was with the Game Boy advance emulator it had a reference to a flash cart on there and it even had a photo of an easy flash on there so a lot of people were saying there's no way there's no way this is a nintendo application here there's no way it leaked out because they hate flash carts and they hate all this and i think the functionality it was something like import i think it was like import save from a flash cart and export save to a flash cart um no, it, it's it's pretty much... It's, it's been confirmed that it was Nintendo on there. And, like, honestly, them using some flashcards for testing for ease of use on there... Well, I will say, it's it's not the first time we've seen companies use um, third-party tools or flashcards or anything to aid with development and aid with debugging. Um, I think Acclaim, they're known for Turok 3, I want to say. They ended up getting, as opposed to buying more in 64 dev kits... They ended up... Because they they did some cool stuff back then. Uh, they ended up getting... Uh, I want to say Doctor V64s. Uh, and they just ended up using those with retail systems. And they just debugged and developed with those. Uh, and I was also kind of smiling there and saying they did some cool stuff. Because I've even seen... Uh, they've had some crazy like original PlayStation prototype type stuff as well. Where they were... T- they didn't want to buy development kits. So they took retail systems... And physically modified them and added boards onto them to make them like hacked up dev kits ingenious stuff there i i think that was really cool um so it's not the first time we've seen companies who have done things like that uh but even with this like when i saw it i thought it was hilarious but i was i was like yeah you know for for something that was internal and testing and never supposed to see the light of day here yeah i'm not too surprised like i wouldn't be surprised if they were using flashcards to ease testing and everything on here (laughs) um but overall like my experience with it has been pretty good for the most part on this Uh, i did want to kind of share that a bit i haven't really messed with the game boy all too much i'm actually opening up the application right now just because like the original game boy and the game boy color i ended up like having those games after uh after their heyday uh now i will say the game that has for some reason, gripped me, and I'm not too sure why. The game that I've played a little bit more than others has been Alone in the Dark Color. uh, Or, like, alone... No, for the Game Boy Color, Alone in the Dark, The New Nightmare. And it was one of those games where I said, you know, like, this is is a full 3D game. Imagine something like Resident Evil, right? It's like, this is a full 3D game. I just want to see how it plays on the Game Boy Color. And honestly, it plays pretty well. I was surprised with it. Like, yeah, it's funny to see, but also, it is... One of the coolest demakes. It's awesome. And I love official demakes like that. There's been a little bit of an obsession online over the last few years of, uh, you know, making like fake demakes of games, which I think is cool. I love the aesthetic of it. It's awesome. So like stuff like what if The Last of Us was on PS1? Just demakes like that. And I love finding games that are official demakes. And by that, I mean, I had this experience with Max Payne on the Game Boy Advance. Now, I love Max Payne. I love Max Payne so much. One of my all-time favorite game franchises, like, ever made. Um, the original Max Payne was released on PC, PS2, Xbox, and Game Boy Advance of all systems. I have it on Game Boy Advance. I haven't really played it that much. But I remember, at the be- like, way back in the day, when I was, when I was a... Ignorant child about all this. I thought it was bad because it was not the same as the Xbox version, all right? It wasn't that true 3D. It didn't look good. It didn't have the voice acting. I thought this was awful. Then I ended up, you know, last year when I really got into Max Payne again, like I decided to play through all the games and then I decided to try out the Game Boy Advance version. I thought it was genius. Because all it is, if you play Max Payne on the Game Boy Advance, it is just an official demake. Uh, It's an isometric, top-down game, but it is a loyal conversion. Yes, it doesn't have the same 3D effects. Yes, it does not have the same level of voice acting on there. Yes, it does not have the same cutscenes. But for the most part, it is... It's the same content. It's the same game, like the same maps. Of course, a lot of it has changed because it's running on a Game Boy Advance versus an Xbox or a PC or PlayStation 2. But when you play it, it's like, this is just, this is a demake of Max Payne, except officially made and licensed and sanctioned by the developers, like, that's all this is, and it's amazing, so I think that's why I was really gripping onto Alone in the Dark, I haven't really played any of the other ones, aside from, like, the awful remake that was made on 360 and PS3, bad game, that game is not good, that one is not good, Uh, but I thought this is real cool, And then uh, I did play a bit of the Game Boy Advance as well, too. Uh, And the emulation has been great on them. Uh, I've also played around with the video settings on there. I am happy to see the video settings. I I do wish there was more of that. Like, I wish there was more options for uh, scaling for, uh, what did I want to say, scan lines and all of that. Um, Like, especially for the N64. Man, like, some of those games really need scan lines. Um, But on Game Boy Advance, even though I haven't played this one yet, we just got Metroid Fusion on there. A very strong contender. I do wish there was some more games, but, like, you can even see the games they've added so far have been curated pretty well. Like, they put Mario Kart Super Circuit, um, Super Mario Advance 4, which is the Super Mario Bros. 3 port, uh, WarioWare Inc., uh, Mega Micro Games, Mario and Luigi, Superstar Saga, uh, Legend of Zelda, Minish Cap, and this is the game, this is the Game Boy Advance game I've been playing a lot, um, Kuru Kuru Kururin. I, I, I think that's how you say it, from what I gather, this is, it's pretty much, you're like a helicopter going through mazes, it is so fun, I never knew about this game, I never knew that this game existed, it's fun, and it apparently never released in North America, and it, there's no like language barrier to it either. I think it just released in Japan and maybe Europe. I'm I'm looking at the seal here. Hold on, not just as original Nintendo seal of quality, so it doesn't say it's like. I guess there's no like Peggy logo on there, so I think it only really released in Japan. Uh, but either way, very fun game. I would recommend that one. That's been the one that I've been playing the most. Funny enough, so <laughs> that's been great. Um, so. We are kind of, you know, winding down here a bit. I did want to make this a a bit of a, you know, short-ish episode here. Um, But I have mentioned it, you know, probably two or three times on here. And uh, I used to work at a video game store when I was in high school. I worked there uh, from 2009 to 2011 and uh, worked, like, uh, up until when I graduated, went off to college and everything. Uh, so I worked there for about two and a half years. I worked there, of course, during the seventh generation of video game systems. And uh, we sold that and all the older stuff. We were a used mom and pop video game store. And I do tell people it was like the best and worst job I had at the same time. Uh, it was great because, you know, it was, it was a good first job. It, it taught me, uh, you know, working in a retail environment, um, how to talk to people. I was able to break the ice a lot easier. And I noticed that with myself like when i went back to school i was able to just like talk more fluidly to people so that was really great Um, but also it's a retail job if you've never worked a retail or service job um, actually i would recommend doing so i would recommend doing one for uh, three to six months just so you can experience how much the general public seems to suck (laughs) Um, but Either way, in regards to all of this here, uh, I do have a few stories. I just kind of have a a list of stories that I go off of, and I typically, you know, pull uh, one or two of them. And, uh, you know, I I think I'll go ahead and grab this one here. So, excuse me, I'm going to take a drink of water, but this is in regards to Gears of War 3. Now, Gears of War 3 ended up releasing after I'd worked at this video game store, However, at the time, and it's funny to know this now, so many years later, um, but it had leaked online very early. Like, you gotta realize, I stopped working at this game shop August 2011, I want to say. Gears of War 3, it had to come out September, October of that year, something like that. And I want to say the game leaked out like five or six months ahead of the release date absolutely unreal to see um i do say it's funny to think about now because now we know it was from the whole like xbox underground saga which i would recommend checking that out if you're unfamiliar with that um it, it seems like a movie with how that is built out there um but in short at the time i remember the game had leaked out and i didn't have a hard mod at Xbox 360 at the time. Uh, funny enough, I actually ended up buying my first Flash 360 from a co-worker that I had there uh, that summer, which ended up kind of getting me back into gaming and modding and everything, which was super cool just because I, I love the technical aspect of it. Um, but at the time, the only hard mods that we had at that point in time were uh, JTAG mods. And of course, you know, DevKit, but that's not a mod there. So um, the thing was, if you wanted to play Gears 4 3 you needed to have a JTAG system, and it was unreal to see, and I kind of pun intended there because it uses the Unreal Engine, but it was just unreal to see a game like that, and it, was, it wasn't complete, mind you, but it was playable from start to finish, from what I remember. Um, it was unreal to see that game ended up leaking out online five or six months in advance. Uh, so I remember what happened was, at one point, there was like two younger kids that ended up coming in, and um it's funny because they, they, they were younger. I, I want to say maybe their ages were like, I don't know, let, let's say like 12 and 9, something like that. But it was odd because the the 9-year-old seemed to have more more common sense and grounding than the 12-year-old. I, I just noticed like his behavior and everything. And uh, what happened was, you know, they were asking me about some Xbox 360 games. And uh, we're over at the 360 section. And right in front of him, you could see Gears of War and Gears of War 2. And uh, the kid looks at them. He said, oh, yeah, I have Gears of War 3. And in my head, I'm like, no, no, do- no, you don't. But I even told him that. I actually said, I'm like, you don't have Gears of War 3. He said, yeah, I do. I, I have Gears of War 3. I said, you don't have Gears of War 3. Like, it- the game is not out yet. And he's like, well, I, I, have-, I have Gears of War 3. And I was like... Yeah, the only the only way you could play that is with a modded system. Do you have a modded one? And he kind of like nodded and said yes. I'm like, okay, who, who who am I to to say what you do and don't have in your house? <laughs> but then the thing was, the kid was pointing to the first one. He's like, yeah, this is the one I have at home. It's Gears of War three. And I was like, that that's Gears of War. He said, no, I have Gears of War three at home. And this is where his his younger brother ends up chiming in, and he's just like. He, he said something like, you're dumb, that's not Gears of War 3, look at it, it doesn't have a 3, that's Gears of War. <laughs> I I just thought, I thought that was funny, that was like one of the few times where like modding, kind of like, the, the knowledge of modding and all that kind of like clashed there. Uh, and then, you know, just this this younger brother ended up correcting the older brother there, Um so that happened, but it was the situation where uh, the, the mom was shopping somewhere else and dropped off the kids there. So the kids were there for 20 or 30 minutes. Now, we ended up having a prize grabber machine as well, too. And we put different stuff in there. Like, we typically put, like, uh, Wii accessories in there. So, like, uh, tennis rackets. um What else? I just remember the tennis rackets, funny enough. We just had, like, those, like, Wii accessories that you could use with, like, Wii Sports. We had a few of those accessories in there. We also put some stuff in there. Like, we put, like, a Game Boy Color in there. We'd put a PSP. Uh, Everybody tried to get the PSP, so the PSP was very scratched up. So by the time uh, we end up switching out the prizes, we end up selling the PSP at a discount because of all the surface scratches that it had. Um, But mind you on all of that, uh, the kid was asking me, obviously, like, asking about the prize grabber machine uh, it was the, the older kid of the two and uh he asked me just on. and i was being honest here you know i will say yo that that machine was a rip okay that machine was a rip so we even had to like tweak it a little bit because my boss is kind of in charge and he had to like tweak it just a bit so it was like some people can grab some of the items there but others can't i will say though the stuff that the machine couldn't grab because the claw just wasn't firm enough because we had full control over that the game systems it wasn't able to grab um but the Wii Wii accessories it was always able to. Um, Just because, you know, they were bigger and they had holes in them and everything, so the claw was able to literally hook into it and pull it. Like, we had a kid in there one time, he passed by our store, he came in, he put in some money, on the first try, he got the Wii tennis racket and just walked right out. (laughs) So I had seen that with my own eyes i'd seen that there and this kid ends up asking me um he's asking me about the 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 prize the prize grabber and of course oh it was doing its job beautifully right because he's looking at he's eyeing the psp he's seeing the game consoles in there and uh he asked me has anybody ever won anything and i said yeah we've had a few people win things like really i said yeah we've had a few items And like, I'm laughing, like, it's not great. But at the same time, I wasn't lying. Like, I really wasn't lying. I didn't tell him which items were there. But, you know, just kind of a kind of playing the game were there with it all. So then after a bit, when his mom comes, uh, he's he's super excited to tell her he's like, Mom, Mom, can I have some money because I, I want to play the prize cry machine. They didn't find any games they wanted to buy and she was like no you're not gonna get it and then he's pointing at me he's like but he told me he said that there's been people there who have won things from it and she's just like scolding him and just very firmly told him she is like no we are not doing that those machines are not designed for you to win and he's like but he told me he told me that people have won on there i wasn't saying anything i'm like yeah i mean that's true but uh thankfully though thankfully Uh, his mom just pretty much said, no, I'm not giving you any money and we're not buying anything and we're leaving the store. (laughs) So we we would get situations like that. Like those were always, you know, funny there. Uh, I also did want to talk a little bit about the, um, the PSN outage, the great PSN hack and outage that happened in 2011. For anyone that does not know, and this sounds so crazy to think about now, I'm not going to go into all the details and specifics about it, but in short, Sony had seen that they were the target of some pretty bad hacking. And they saw that this intrusion ended up getting into the people who intruded the hackers who intruded end up getting into PlayStation network accounts and they had found documented evidence that they were in these accounts. They were taking accounts that had financial information tied to them and they were fraudulently using that information. Unfortunately, the way PlayStation network was built out, they essentially said the safest thing that we can do is we have to shut down PSN and we have to rebuild it. And PSN, I'm not kidding, was down for about a month. That is so, I think about that in in the realm of gaming sometimes. I think about that because at the time, that was outrageous. But now think about that in 2023. I don't think people, especially with now, even like average people know basics of cybersecurity and they know how to protect themselves in basic ways, which is fantastic. I don't think it would be acceptable for Microsoft to come out and say, hey, uh, everyone's Xbox Live accounts was hacked. Uh, we have to shut down the service for a month or Nintendo. Hey, everyone's switch accounts have, have been touched. Um, we have to shut down NSO for a month or, Oh God, if it happened to Sony again, so 12 years later, that is still a black mark on Sony, unfortunately, and PlayStation on on that brand that is, that is still something that people will bring up. So, I don't think that can happen now but that is what happened and it wasn't a month but it was like it was like three and a half weeks it was almost a month and during that time we had so many people compa- uh, complaining about PlayStation so many people saying that they didn't want um their they they didn't uh they couldn't get online they wanted to get online they wanted to play new games but they couldn't online um and we had a lot of people because for a while we couldn't really keep ps3s we had a lot of people sell off their PS3s and trade them in to get 360s. And then the problem was um, confidence completely eroded there. Uh, this is very anecdotal, mind you, in a small sample size, because I was a person who worked at two video game stores that belonged to this business. Um, the same business, is just two different locations. But for months afterwards... We could barely move PS3s. We had the CECHA models, the the granddaddy PS3, the, the, the big fatty with four USB ports that played every PS2 game with hardware backwards compatibility. We had those. We couldn't sell them. We discounted them. We couldn't sell them. For months, even after this was fixed, nobody wanted to touch a PS3 because the confidence was so eroded. But at that time, while PSN was offline... We couldn't keep any 360s in stock. We sold every 360, and anyone we got in stock, we would be selling. Um, However, this story, so now that I've talked about that, this story is about one of my coworkers. So at the end of all of that, um, Sony ended up, they gave a really big apology. They gave everybody who had a PSN account um, one year of, I want to say, all clear ID fraud protection for free. And they also put up four games for free, and you could choose Two of them. Um, from I want to say that was it. Does that sound about right? Yeah, I think they put out four games for free. Someone can correct me if I'm wrong. They put up four games for free. You could choose two of them. If I'm incorrect, it could have been they picked, they put up eight games for free and you could choose four of them. But I want to say they put up four games for free and you could choose two of them. I want to say that was it. Um, So what ended up happening was, you know, let me let me just look this up real quick. A PSN hack free. I can't do that. PSN hack. Sony offers free games. Um, Sony offers digital rewards to victims of 2011 PSN hacks. Oh, so it was actually more than I was thinking. Okay, I'm looking at an Ars Technica article. Um, The compensation will come in the form of digital goods, including a free PS3 theme. Three months of PlayStation Plus. I forgot about that and or a downloadable code for one of the following ps3 psp games um so it looks like oh wow they had a lot on here so i think actually i think this was it i think they offered you these were all the games they offered dead nation on ps3 infamous on ps3 little big planet on ps3 super stardust hd on ps3 rain on ps3 puppeteer on ps3 Invisibles Lost Kingdom on PS3, God of War HD on PS3, and the other ones are uh, Wipeout Pure, Patapon 3, Mod Nation Racers, Little Big Planet, and Seven Filter Dark Mirror on PlayStation Portable. So it looks like those are the ones that were offered on there. Um, also. Uh, users who show their identity was stolen as a direct result of the PSN hack and claim up to $2,500 in damages to compensate for out-of-pocket costs related to identity theft. Um, so th- this was very expensive there. Yeah. Um, I want to say then, with all of these options, I think they allowed you to pick four games for free. And if I remember correctly, you picked two PS3 games and two PSP games. I think that sounds about right. So now that we have that all sorted... One of my coworkers, the one I actually got my Xbox off of, um, he ended up complaining because he he was more... No, he was on the 360, but he had a PS3 as well, too. So when he ended up getting back online, he was excited. And again, you were able to get, it looks like, three months of PlayStation Plus, a theme, and then four games. I think he ended up getting the PlayStation Plus, the theme, and then he got one game. And he could not redeem the others. And he tried everything. For whatever reason, he could not redeem any of the other games. He tried to do it online. He tried to do it on his PlayStation 3. He could not redeem any of the other games. So he was entitled to three more games, and he did not get them. What happened was he ended up calling up Sony. He stayed on the phone with him for a while. He explained it to them. He was trying to get assistance. And Sony's response at the time with the just with the agent that he spoke with mind you their response was pretty much we're really sorry we understand that you're entitled to pick three other games uh unfortunately we we don't know why this issue is happening with your account we, we can't get and and he even asked i think he even asked like okay well can I, like, can I get digital codes for them? Can I get something? Because I am entitled to three other games. And they wouldn't help him. They just said, no, we're sorry. Um, We're not sure what the issue is here. But you were able to redeem one game, uh, but you can't redeem the other three. Sorry. And he was pissed about that. He was not happy. And from what I understand, he essentially told this poor agent there, Uh, well, just to let you know, um, I'm not going to be buying, I'm I'm not going to be messing with the PS3. I'm not going to be buying one again. Oh yeah. And I work at a pretty well-known video game store in my area and I'm going to be discouraging everyone I talk to who is interested in buying a PS3. I'm going to discourage them from buying a PS3 going forward. I am not going to recommend your hardware. And if anybody has any interest in buying a PS3 from me, I'm going to steer them to a Wii or an Xbox 360 because of this. And, uh, I, I don't, I don't know how successful he was in that venture. Uh, I should ask him at one point. I really should. Um, if he does remember, but, uh, mind you that that's what happened. That's what happened. (laughs) Anyways, that is about it for this episode of Mario's Minute. I hope you all enjoyed it. I hope it was an entertaining episode to end off this March of 2023. And if you've made it to the very end of this episode here, um, I do want to thank you yet again. And I also want to shout out a keyword. For anyone who does not know, if this is your first time making it to the end of one of these episodes, I typically like to pick a keyword or a key phrase that you can use in a comment on the YouTube upload of this episode episode and if you're just listening to the podcast only version of it that's totally fine come on over to the mr mario 2011 youtube channel leave yourself a comment on the video upload here so that i'll know that you've made it to the end of this episode now typically i kind of just look around my desk and i just kind of see something that i can use here how about cloth do you use microfiber cloths Do you use a washcloth when you're bathing yourself? If you want to disclose that, that's fine. Uh, What is your favorite kind of cloth brand? What have you on there? Just let me know using that word cloth. If you use the word cloth in a comment on the YouTube upload of this episode, I'll know that you've made it to the end. Anyways, that is about it for this episode of Mario's Minute. As I always say, this is Mr. Mario signing off. Thank you all for listening and watching, everyone. If you enjoyed this episode, a like would absolutely be appreciated. If you didn't like it, a dislike is fine as well, too. But again, thank you all for listening and watching. And until next month.